Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined uh, by a good friend of mine. Uh, I believe it's his first time on the podcast. Uh, well, at least the first time y'all will have heard. Uh, <laughs> he is a good buddy of mine. We met in college. Uh, he is. Uh, he wears many hats. He's a father, a husband, uh, a man of God, a man of the people. Um, but he's also one of the dopest MCs uh, that I've ever personally come in contact with. So uh, for the purposes of the podcast, we'll just call him John the Rapper. What's up, John? How you doing, bro? What's up, man? How's it going? How's it going? It's it's going well. Now, uh, like I hinted at in the open, uh, <laughs> this will be the first time the listeners have heard your voice, but it uh, won't. It wouldn't have been the first time that we have recorded. We we recorded two whole episodes uh, right. earlier in the week, but uh, I've had some hard drive issues and uh, could not um, find that audio. And so we're having to re-record. Uh, for what it's worth, did you have a good time your first time recording? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was a splendid time. Um, man, yeah, I thought it was really fun. I, I mean, to be true, you know, truth be told, it's, it's kind of what we do already. Um, but we right. recorded it, so it was cool, mm-hmm. man. I'm just sad that it didn't uh, save. You know? so. It's all right. Um, yeah, man, we had, we had, we had figured out so many of the world's problems on that podcast. I really wish we would have been able to keep it. Um, we, we figured out, we figured out peace in the middle East, all of that. Um, no, so, uh, I'm, uh, bringing you on this week. Um, because, uh, in the last couple weeks, uh, we lost a truly great actor and a truly great member of the human race. Honestly, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed of colon cancer uh, about two weeks ago now. And I just wanted to uh, take some time uh, to devote some time on my platform, whatever size it may be or may not be. <laughs> and uh, just, um, yeah, man, kind of pay tribute to uh, to a man that had a really cool impact on my life while he was here. I really enjoyed his work and uh, enjoyed the person that he seemed to be. Um so yeah, I just wanted to take take a few minutes um, to talk uh, just about a couple of his roles and kind of um, yeah, man, sort of the impact he's he had on his short time in in Hollywood. Um, what do you remember? What the first thing was you saw Chadwick Boseman in? Uh, the first thing that I saw him in, and this wasn't the, the actually it probably wasn't the first film that I, I watched in its entirety. I don't believe, but mm-hmm. uh, the first film that I saw him in was. 42 and i uh right. jackie robinson yeah i remember seeing the um yeah the jackie robinson story i remember seeing the trailer and just being intrigued by the intensity um he looked like an action hero on the baseball field you know um so mm-hmm. the, you know it just it looked like a dope film and they had jay-z playing as part of the tra- trailer so it just seemed like really cool like oh man I, you know mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure i see that so yeah, it was probably the first time I've seen him. So yeah. And as far as biopics, like we, I mean, we've seen some great ones, uh, especially around um, black historical figures and stuff like that. You know, Will Smith played Ali. We had Ray. Uh, uh, what else we have? Uh, Man, two, two. Oh, oh, oh Malcolm X. We had Mal- that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. We had Denzel play Malcolm X. Yeah. Where do you think? Do you think this? Do you think? Uh, the film 42 and it's in, in, you know, do you think it ranks up there with some of the classic ones? 
It's a good question. Um, I think I think it will. It, yeah. Some of those. Um, I'm thinking about it. So Malcolm X is up there, and that's because you know it's a Denzel film, and Denzel has a certain gravitas that not yeah. a lot of people or actors even have in right. general. Um, and mm-hmm. that movie has also had time to sit in the culture, and it was a Spike right. Lee film. So there's a different yeah. aura, if you will, around that film. Yeah, um, and it was like a uh, it, the magnitude of that movie was so big because it was like a three hour movie. Right, right, right. And right. Like, there's yeah, some different like elements a, about about that film that make it a little bit different. Um, yeah. I think Forty Two will go down as as a classic, but it's just it, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit different because it's still more recent. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, I thought Ali was good. Um, I, I don't I don't know that it's like. I think Will did a great job. I just don't know mm-hmm. if that's a film that's like, you know, people are running back to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a classic um, performance. I think it's a. It's definitely a classic Will Smith performance, and I yeah, think it's yeah. a classic. I think it's in general just a classic performance. I don't know if the film itself is particularly memorable in the way that um, maybe Malcolm X was. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it, it definitely is a classic performance by Will. Um, speaking of classics, just to, just to, you know, cause at the weekly regular, we'd like to go off on tangents. Uh, I just wanted to ask, like, speaking of classic movies and like you said, 42, you know, you think will go down as a classic, but it just hasn't, you know, we haven't maybe been removed from it for enough time. Do you think that classic movies, like, do you think a classic movie is still possible? Like in, in the way, in the way Hollywood is now with the, the quickness of which movies come out and like how many movies come out per year. And, you know, it seems like every movie now is either, you know, cause like, you know, there's, there's no like middle budget movies anymore. Like there's either tiny movies or there's giant blockbuster movies. So like in, in a, you know, and you know, studios are more interested in typically in those giant blockbuster movies. So like, do you think there's room for classic movies anymore? If every movie is like a big, you know, tentpole movie. Yeah, this is interesting. A, a very great question because um, this is actually something. So I was, I, I you know, I watched a few things um, concerning you know Chadwick Boseman recently, and mm-hmm. um, what's his name, Scorsese, made a statement mm-hmm. um, around the time that I think Joker was coming out, um, and uh-huh. of course Joker took from you know some inspiration from his film, early films, and things of that nature, and mm-hmm. Scorsese was like. You know, everybody's on these big budget, you know, uh, franchise films, blah, blah, blah. And Chadwick has some things to say about that. And I can't remember what he said right now specifically, um, mm. but um, he, he made some good points about what Scorsese was saying. But um, it, is this to, the Scorsese that, quote that you're talking about? Like when he said the soup, like superhero movies aren't cinema. Basically, is that the, is that the quote that you're saying? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Um, mm-hmm. I have to go back to see, remember exactly what Chad said, but it was like it was it was a reasonable response, um, mm-hmm. and he kind of questioned too, like why didn't he say anything about his contemporaries, like um, you know, uh, Luke, George Lucas and things like that. And I mean, time and context play a big role in all that. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, there I think he was kind of getting to the the question that you're talking about. And my answer is, I, I never say never, but I think the atmosphere is very different right now. So it's mm-hmm. just, 
I think it's harder to come by a classic in a way that we understand it um, because I don't think we have many movie stars as we understand it right now. Hmm. There are certain people who, um, for instance, like Will Smith or like a Denzel um, or even, you know, not to be racial or anything, but like, like a Tom Cruise or something, um, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the white side, if you will. Um, <laughs> the white certain, side like, of Hollywood. Right, on the white side of Hollywood. Um, there, there are people that we've kind of like, that, that have grown on us and have become stars. And, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of younger people who maybe are still kind of in their space of coming up, but who haven't um, become that star. And so they don't have the numbers. Um, and then also, I think, it, it, you know, you got to have a classic writer who understands the culture. There's so many things. So, for instance, like, um, I think a class, a recent classic um, is Get Out. I, I think mm-hmm. that hit hard, you know, and for everybody, not just black folks, but I think everybody kind of understands the, the season and the cultural moment that was. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's just that that's, that's a hard, the internet makes things a little bit different. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a lot of cult classics now, but even the cult classics take a minute to grow and, and the cult classics of now of this age are things obviously that are in the past now. Um, mm-hmm. so nothing, nothing that I would say is like recent or that like, oh, this is a classic. And in and, and my, when you, when you say classic, I'm thinking of like, I'm my framework is like cu- cultural classics. So, um, coming to America, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think for for a lot of people within the black community, that definitely is is a classic. Um, it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of recreate that. Um, it's nothing else that comes to mind right so now. So, what do you what do you think? Let's just define this. What do you think makes a classic movie? I think. Um, well, whatever your definition of good writing is, I think maybe memorable writing, um, good writing, mm-hmm. you know, something that kind of captures a feeling or an essence. Like whenever a movie um, represents like a time or like an actual, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like Goodfellas is um, that's a that's that's a, a classic film um, because it kind of it mm-hmm. captures a certain time. It captures like a culture and what was happening in that culture as far as, you know, the mob is concerned is like stuff that people can identify and be like, Hey, I really know somebody like that. Or like, you know, that's exactly how we be talking. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, (laughs) so I think like memorable, you know, um, dialogue within a film, I think, you know, just good, good direction. Um, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say cinematography has to be a part of it, but I think we enjoy films better when there is some level yeah. of good cinematography or memorable cinematography. And obviously See, I, you have to have like an actor or actress mm-hmm. that, you know, you recognize and you, you like love to see this person on screen, um, whether, whether they're like technically a good actor or actress or not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I I, I think my my definition, I think my requirement for a classic movie is a little looser and it's a little bit more general. I think any movie, I think what makes a classic movie like the key element to a movie being considered a classic is not even necessarily the quality of the movie, but 
its ability to um its ability for its uh to maintain its appeal uh across um time and and culture and 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 history in place you know what i'm saying oh, like for its ability to be yeah. transcendent yeah, like yeah. i think the thing that makes coming to america um a classic movie is that you know it it so encapsulates the 80s and you know um where black culture was in the 80s and like the different uh, you know, the elements of colorism that we we're playing against, you know, the immigrant experience, like all these different elements. And it captures that, you know, the sort of the dirty, grimy New York, like it, it captures that that moment in history so well. But the thing that to me, that's just what makes it a good movie. What makes it a classic movie mm-hmm. is that I can watch it in 2020 and still it still appeals to me like it still is funny like it still is because there's some movies that really capture the 80s but are terrible so now this this is this is the question i have is with that being said about the fact that it still appeals to you which which i do agree with everything you said but the fact that it still appeals to you is it does it appeal to you because you know the film or because it's that good no, I think it's because the appeal of that movie is transcendent. Like if if because um, I've seen movies that are from like I've watched movies recently that are from a different time period that I have no frame of reference for that. Like I really enjoyed and I've had the opposite experience, you know, where I've seen movies from a different time period that per- that were so of their time and just were not transcendent movies. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to watch this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's what makes a, that's what makes a classic movie. Like, I can put on um, uh, the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, and you know, and still love that movie. Mm-hmm. Or you know, Lawrence of Arabia, or I don't know, pick pick a pick a classic movie, Indiana Jones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, even even if there's elements of the movie that don't age well, like the like the the visual effects or some of the jokes and stuff like that, like the movie as a whole, like if there's like a transcendent appeal, it always has that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's, that's a hard one for me. No, I, again, I, I agree with you, but I'm, you know, sometimes I think we watch films because they are familiar and there, there mm-hmm. is like jokes and things like that, that make us laugh and we know they're coming. And for whatever reason, they're still funny, but I don't know if that's because, you know, we're, we're stuck in a certain time period or because, you know what I'm saying? Because if there was a joke in yeah. Lawrence of Arabia, um, you might not ain't laugh no at jokes it. In, ain't no jokes in Lawrence of Arabia, I know there ain't no man. jokes in But what I'm saying is... <laughs> ain't no bits. <laughs> you know, yeah. Someone should do that, though. Someone, sh- someone should, like like take footage from like a bunch of Chris Tucker movies and like insert Chris Tucker performances into Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like coming to America is, is one of those films. It's just like, I don't know if, if it, because it, it does capture like the eighties and black people in the eighties, but I just something about it that I think still resonates, which is to your point. Eddie Murphy has a lot of movie franchises. Mm-hmm. There are within each franchise, there is a classic movie, and then there's the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like there's <laughs> the ones that you like personally, but not everybody <laughs> no, else likes. <laughs> it's it's not me personally. It's like this is like the consensus. The first Nutty Professor is widely held as a classic Eddie Murphy comedy. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. other two. 
uh, I think is one is, is one other one, right? The clumps and the was it? See, third you one? don't even know. You don't even see. Know. That's why it's not classic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, look yeah. at uh, what's the other franchise? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. See, right. I would argue that Beverly Hills Cop Three is the most classic one. It may not be the best quote unquote film, like the uh, you know a lot of people love the first one. I don't, I, I don't know too yeah. many people who love the second one, but um. The third one, I feel like, is the most like classic. It's like the most iconic, you know. Yeah, and it is not the best film by it's far. It's not. It's not. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear that. I actually do like the second film. Um, the first film, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't remember that much about it, but I know that's that's the one that kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually really like the second film, and it's not because of the comedy necessarily although there are some Mm -hmm. some funny moments in that one i think the third one to your point um is it's probably the funniest i don't know why i don't know why you think it's classic so i I would love to hear that um okay but yeah you know i mean that ellis (laughs) dewald ellis dewald that I mean, that is that that is that's classic, but like the film as a whole, in comparison to the other ones, being like sort of a hard action film that just happens to be starring a really funny person, like I, I, you know. Well, see, that's why I think the third one is such a classic because the third one is the most jokey, like it's the most straight up like comedy, yeah. and I think that's where Eddie Murphy shines because if you watch the third one. Like, even though the script is kind of, like, crazy in terms of, like, the story, like, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, why would this criminal organization be, like, why would their headquarters be at this Disneyland-type, you know, theme park? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right, they, they, but, they washing their money through, uh, through, what is it, Fun World or something? I don't know what it is. Wonder World. Wonder World, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it like, Eddie, to me, Eddie Murphy shines, like, the most when he's doing, like, those kinds of like where he rides the line perfectly of like take the thing that makes Eddie Murphy a great comedic actor, in my opinion, especially for the time that he was doing it, is that he's able to be as goofy as possible. But there's like when it's time to turn on the like, all right, we need to establish the stakes of the movie. We need to understand that this has consequences and there's a real story happening here. Like he you buy him in those moments. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to me, the third movie is like the perfect balance for an Eddie Murphy movie in terms of comedy and and the you know the serious stuff. The first two, the first one is you know is good, is a good movie. The second one is a little bit too serious in my opinion. Like they don't really let him be funny. It's like he's trying to be funny, but like it's like the director keeps telling him, "Hey Eddie, we want to kind of rein it in, bud." You know, like they're just not really letting him joke. I don't know, but man. in the in the third movie, like he's really, I feel like he's being Eddie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so to me, there's so many more iconic moments in that movie. And the love interest is black in the third movie. So, you know. Oh, uh, Teresa Randall. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I just like, I like the second one because of the vibe. And it's a Tony Scott film. So Mm -hmm. I think he does action well. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it, it might, it probably is the more serious of the three, but I like those films. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't know that that may just be, be me. Um, and his <laughs> cinematography is always on point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Eddie Murphy's is funny to me, man. You know, and he's <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he's he's up there now in age and hasn't been mm-hmm. doing any type of stand up since you know since his eighties stand up. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, we, we know he's coming back to films on some level, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, he's funny. He's he still funny, to me, which is film. weird because. Yeah. He does the same type of stuff, but he still manages to make me laugh. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. We, we don't agree on some things, but no, no. The the so the third film you think is is the most classic. I'd love to hear the, the consensus about that, just in general. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. know if there's a consensus to find, but maybe <laughs> right. there is. I don't know. Maybe if you can go on Rotten Tomatoes, but I just feel like, and maybe I'm. Just, I mean, obviously, like it's. I'm speaking out of my own experience, but it, the third one just feels. I don't know. Like it feels like the most classic of that of that trilogy. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping, but yeah, you probably tripping, but it's cool. Because like I feel like it's the most it's the most quotable of them all. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but that that goes to my point too. You gotta have a good dialogue, right? Which could have been all improvisation from him. Who knows? Yeah. Some of the best stuff, you know. But yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> classic films tangent yeah classic okay. films so uh, do you do you think there's any movies that have come out within the last 10 10 20 years that you think will go down as classic movies or you are already have that's a great question um so i'll say i i, I think yes okay <clears throat> but um I'm just kind of drawing a blank on anything. I, I can't necessarily pinpoint anything right now, but I think, you know, we'll have some, you know, over even more time, we'll have some kind of definitives like, Oh, this is, you know, this is the one, this is what we're trying to pattern after. Um, Any of the Marvel stuff within the Marvel. Um, Uh, possibly. I, kn- I know my favorites, <clears throat> but I also know that um, those were patterned after, I guess, what were also considered classics. Right. So, um, See, not that that know. doesn't make a movie a classic, yeah. but See, I think I think the the th- the thing that doesn't make to me the thing that's keeping most of the Marvel movies away from being classic movies is that they're all so in service of the larger overarching story that Mm -hmm. they're telling Mm -hmm. that like none Mm -hmm. of the movies to me like i don't really feel the drive to go back and rewatch any marvel movies and and i love the marvel movies Mm -hmm. but like they're so in service of like this larger story that's being told that like to me the movies on their own don't really serve like like a, they don't have they don't offer a lot of rewatchability for me and that that's just me now there are a couple exceptions like i think black panther is an exception because that's mm-hmm. like a standalone movie mm-hmm. um, but that's really the only one like i would like go back and rewatch like mm. the rest of them are great movies and i love them like there's certain sequences i'll go back and rewatch like i'll go back and watch the airport fight scene from uh infinity war or civil war sorry civil war yeah. um 
Yeah, there's there's stuff I'll there's scenes I'll go back to, but like in terms of rewatching a whole movie, it's like I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really feel the need to. But I think uh, so. So I think that is another quality for me, at least, that makes a movie classic is like its rewatchability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to me, I think the just off the top of my head, my number one contender right now for like a classic movie. If we're just talking about blockbuster movies, I think The Dark Knight is probably. Um, one of the most classic movies to come out in the last 20 years. Uh, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Because I yeah. think that movie is endlessly rewatchable. Like, I've never seen that movie come on and, and someone be like, man, why the hell are we watching this? You know, right. like, no one, you know, no one's ever said that. Uh, and I think that Heath Ledger performance is just so good. The way the movie is structured is just so, like, even though I've seen that movie like a hundred times, uh, like the way the movie is structured, you always feel like you're you're seeing something like that you didn't see before. You're like, right. oh, I forgot about this scene. This scene is amazing. Right, right. Like, I forgot yeah, how like, good this was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why are you tell me how good the movie was? No, it, it it is it that movie is like great. Like it is really and and it's funny because Christopher Nolan like. All of the all of his movies aren't classic, and not all his Batman movies are classic. Like I don't ever want to watch Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this off. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm giving him a hard time, but you know, like I don't even necessarily want to watch, uh, you know, The Dark Knight Rises again. Like there's certain scenes that I love from that movie, but like you know, I'm not trying to watch this whole movie, two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, that that you know, the movies are really long. So I agree with you about the Dark Knight. Um, uh, yeah, the Dark Knight is probably the best of the trilogy and definitely a contender for the classic. I think Batman Begins is a good film, also, and I think um, <laughs> to me, uh, when I say it's a I contender think, I for think a the classic, problem with I, so I, I, think my... I enjoyed the story and I enjoy yeah. seeing the come up, and, and that's just a personal thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's a classic, you know, in in all the ways that it should be. But I, um, I think it's. I think it's more know. so. It, it might be lean more towards like a cult classic because I think they're yeah. like the Batman Begins has its fan base. Like there's people who love, love, love that movie, and to mm -hmm. most other people, it's just like yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, right, right. I don't. I don't love love that movie. I love that movie, but I don't love love the movie. So yeah, I, feel you. I don't know. I might be on the. In the cult classic section of that one, I don't know if it's a full-on classic though. But you think I Anchorman agree. is? A, you, you, you think Anchorman is classic? Absolutely, Anchorman is a classic, certified classic. <laughs> <laughs> when you got oh, that they, many quotables, like yeah, they, you know, yeah. anybody, everybody. I mean, half the stuff people use in memes is from Anchorman now. Like, yeah, you know, people, you know, it's like, oh, that escalated quickly. You know, it works <laughs> right. seventy percent of the time, every time, or whatever that like. Yeah. You know, it's just like all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's so silly, and so many scenes are just weird and out of place. Like, milk yeah, is a it, bad choice. You know, what dude, I mean, like, it's yeah, so like stupid. it that movie changed. Like, it really. I don't know if it changed, but it definitely informed and shaped like an entire generation, like Absolutely. of how people like communicate. Like it's right. crazy. Like right. it really changed the way we talk, and it, it's really wild. Like, <laughs> yeah, that movie is it's it's such it's so funny that it's such a classic movie because it's so goofy. Yeah, but it is it is a classic like movie for sure. Like, yeah. and, and I don't even know how that happened because I you know 
I, when it came out, I don't, I don't know how it did in the box office. I don't know if it did that well, to be honest. Right. But it, I think it became a cult classic, and, and then it just became a classic. Because yeah. I, I, we had, we had it when we were in college, and so that was the first time I saw it was in college um, when it was already on DVD, and um, we watched mm-hmm. it, and I was like, "This is hilarious," you know. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. don't know. It's crazy. It's so funny. Like I. Like when you set out to make a movie like Anchorman, like you don't anticipate it having that broad an appeal. Right. right. Like you don't expect it to like like this goofy comedy we're making about this 70s newsroom. Like that's crazy. Right. And and right. it's just like this huge movie. Like that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely. Like you said, it, it kind of. uh I don't want to say changed, but like it had impact on how we communicate, you know, in, in the same way that I think um, uh, coming to America has impact mm-hmm. on how a lot of us communicate, like yeah. same, same as Anchorman, you know, um, I don't know that because of the lifespan or, or the age, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that Anchorman has the same cultural significance per se. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, De- de- def- both can definitely be deemed as like classics. Um, well, so there you go. That was our overly long tangent about classic cinema. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so keep. So let's continue on the uh, the uh, the timeline of Chadwick Boseman's career. Uh, so that was we talked about forty two. Um, had you seen um, Get On Up? Did you see that? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, and what did you think about Get On Up? I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, what did, he played James Brown. Chadwick doesn't play James Brown in the movie. Um, um, what was your impression yeah. of that uh, performance? I, I thought he did a great job of bringing James, uh, I don't want to say James Brown to life, but um, kind of, uh, it, he, James Brown is a funny character. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So, I think he did a, a, a great job of kind of bringing him down, if you will, um, and making mm-hmm. him more human, if that makes sense. Um, I thought he did an excellent job with, you know, the, the dancing and the choreography and all that. Do you think Is he was it, too handsome for the role? Um, <laughs> it, maybe. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a legitimate question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe. Um, and, and so, like, when the film starts he's already older. And so they kind of mm-hmm. have to hit him with a little makeup, you know what I mean? And so that kind of mm-hmm. looks a little funny. Um, yeah. but I think the, the performance was still there. Um, so he, he might've been, you know, see, like I, I think, said, I think Chadwick Boseman would have been a great Marvin Gaye. If they would have huh. been a Marvin Gaye biopic. You think so? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure he could have played him, but yeah, get get on up as a film. I thought overall it was a good film. I um I don't know if if I personally like rewatch certainly probably some scenes that I would would rewatch. Um, I don't know if I would like sit and rewatch it, you know, all the time that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that it was a good film, and I do think his portrayal was 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 great. And I thought he kind of he was James Brown. Um, but yeah, it's just it's such an interesting, um, interesting character. Um, hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and, and here's the thing: some of that stuff is more um, 
for for people who actually like really listened to James Brown and were a part of that time, I think it had more of an effect on them, if that makes yeah. sense. So you know, no, my for sure. my um, not my peers, but my elders, if you will, you know, my my Your dad ancestors. and my aunties and all this other kind of stuff, like. You know, they really they're like that was a good film. Like he really played that part. Like it, you know, like it kind of brought some things back for them. You know, mm-hmm. um, that it, I wouldn't necessarily know about unless I read about. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good film. I thought he did well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it could it could get a, cu- a couple rewatches for sure. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. definitely definitely worth a watch. Like, so I think you should check it out just as a fan of Chadwick and of movies i think you should check it out for sure okay all right so the first uh marvel thing he was in was in 2016 in captain america civil war he mm-hmm. made his debut as uh t'challa the black panther um in a pretty memorable action scene um where he he's part of i think two action scenes in the movie well three if you count so there's the death of t'chaka that happens at the un um and then there is the chase scene between him, Captain America, and the Winter Soldier. And then there's the airport fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. What what did you think of T'Challa's on-screen debut? <clears throat> um, I loved it. Um, so, and the thing, the thing about that is I had been anticipating that for probably about two years or so or a year and a half. Yeah. Um, now, were, were you a Black Panther fan um, before the movies? Like, were, were you a, like a fan of Black Panther in the comics and stuff like that? To a degree, to a degree. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I dabbled in comics a little bit. A lot of the comics that I was into were obscure, so stuff that was not like successful in the way that some of Marvel's like flagship characters are. Um, mm-hmm. So, Image Comics and dark horse comics and other comics that are just now starting to make their way to the light. Um, as far as like mm-hmm. being portrayed on film. So all that to say, um, Exo I knew Man about War, black things like that. Wait, what'd you say? Exo <laughs> <laughs> man of war, things like that. <laughs> hey, I actually, I, I'm, I've heard that name, but I don't really, that was one I seen like an advertisement for, but I don't know what that is. Like I've always I think seen Exo them in man the back of, war, I think Exo Man of War was a a, a valiant comic. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Uh, um, but it's a cool idea. Uh, Exo Man of War. Uh, let's see, Valiant Comics. Yeah, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the character was like. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, that's right. So the character is like a um he's like a a, a Roman soldier in like mm-hmm. ancient Rome mm-hmm. and he gets like abducted by aliens onto this like um onto this like uh alien ship where he like leads oh, like he's like a prisoner. It's like a, there's like this alien ship that goes around and takes, you know, the best warriors from different planets to like right. use as a slave right. army and stuff like that. And he's like I ain't no slave. I, you know, right. I'm from Rome. We the baddest empire on earth. Right. So uh, he's on the he's on the the slave ship or whatever, and he leads like uh, <clears throat> basically leads an uprising, like a rebellion to mm. to free all the enslaved warriors, and he steals like some of the alien technology. It's like an exosuit or something like that, and then uh, or 
yeah, I think that's what it is. He steals like an exosuit or something like that and leads this rebellion. And then he comes back to Earth. But because of the time dilation and stuff like that, now it's the future. And it's like like modern day and he comes back and he's this like so not only is he like this Roman soldier who's like this fish out of water, like Captain American style, but he's but he's seen the edges of the universe like on this spaceship. And like so it's kind of like this weird like, you know, this weird study on like, you know, being like the future being thrust upon you. And like so he while he's a fish out of water, he still like has a level of knowledge that most people on Earth don't have. It was was an interesting idea. I haven't read it, but that name always sticks out in my head as like a, you know, like a a Marvel DC adjacent superhero, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, But that's exactly kind of the um, the stuff that and I can't even tell you. I, I have to kind of look through like old stacks to tell you what I was like into um but yeah i I got a lot of that stuff from my dad and my uncle because they were they were really Mm -hmm. into comics but all that to say um i knew about black panther um i just you know nobody ever seen him on screen or anything like that so Mm -hmm. it, it was it was a mix of having known about him and then um learning that you know now that they finished, um, you know, Cap- uh, was it Captain America Winter Soldier? And, mm-hmm. you know, they're pre- prepping for the next couple of films and they're going to try to bring him to life on screen. So I was like, oh, snap. Like, I'm super excited about that. Um, wonder how they're going to do it. So then I started going back and kind of looking at different um, Black Panther comics. So mm-hmm. I was, just, you know, trying to see, like, what arc um they would do or you know all that kind of stuff Mm so um yeah so like i said it was like maybe a year and a half two years that i was waiting to see this character realized on screen Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was glorious man because it's like you know first of all you see him you know as t'challa in the whole un scene and Mm -hmm. um you kind of get the impetus for him him being there as a matter of fact uh, now that I think about it, like I was waiting to see Black Panther when they mentioned him in the second Avengers film because they were mm-hmm. in Wakanda. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought about that, so I was like, "Oh yeah, like Black Panther's like some at some point they got to bring him in." Um, but, Age of Ultron, yeah, Age of Ultron, and so, um, but yeah, that's that's also a Tony Scott film. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Hey, that would did you be like, so dope. <laughs> did you like Avengers Age of Ultron? <clears throat> I liked it. I did. I did. Um, it, but the the problem that it suffered from, one of the problems is, again, what you said earlier, they're telling a larger story, and mm-hmm. I think they kind of played their cards too early um, by letting us know that there were going to be other films, and we already knew that Thanos was coming. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I didn't really want to see Ultron. I wanted to see the Thanos film, but I'm mm-hmm. glad they took their time to build up to that. Um, but I, I liked it. I, I thought it was cool. I mean, yeah. we we can talk about that some other time. But um, you know, it has its shortcomings or whatever. But anyway, just to to as far as T'Challa on screen or in mm-hmm. Civil War, I I, um, I loved seeing him. I thought his performance was great. And it was it was strong. It was bold. I thought I thought he represented T'Challa very well. Um, mm-hmm. his, his discussion with um, 
Scarlett Johansson's character after his father was killed, I was like, it's about to be on, you know, he's like, you know, death in my culture, death is not the end, you know, it's more like a, a running off point, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, she's like, Oh, that's nice. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not my father. He's like, he's like I- I'll take care of it myself kind of thing. I was like, okay, this, this, right. this is dope. You know, so I thought he played a part really well when he was talking, um, when he had that brief conversation when everybody was detained and, um, Mm-hmm. He was talking to the Falcon and Captain America again, like representing his character, talking about the Black Panther, but yet now he has to take on the mantle of, as King, also mm-hmm. warrior. Like, how long do you think before like I get my hands on you type of thing? Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought he did did very well, and I, I thought his character arc was cool because um, you kind of get the sense that he's like a, a noble or valiant person. Cause at the very end of the film, it's like he sees what pursuing like vengeance and sort of anger and hatred kind of produce. Um, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I don't really, I don't want to be a part of that, you know? And he, um, stops, uh, what's the name Zemo from killing himself or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, um, I, I thought that was a great first entry. Um, Cause you just you get to see how badass he is too, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's like uh, when Hawkeye shows up, <laughs> he's like, uh, "I'm Clint, by the way," and he's like, "I don't care," <laughs> you know. Just... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it, like it's perfect though because that's like that is kind of like how he is. Like he, you know, in the comics he's in and out a lot of times because he's like they're isolationists, you know. Mm-hmm. So he don't really like need to be a part of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's got his very specific own agenda. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought they represented, represented his character. Well, um, what, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. I think, uh, it was great. His introduction in civil war was great. Uh, it was just so cool to see like, um, you know, a black superhero on screen that Absolutely. is just, and I think the cool thing about it is like, he's not just another black, like not just another superhero who happens to be black, but he's like, he's, he's, a he's one of the few of the Avengers who is like well established when he, when we meet him and mm-hmm. he's like, he's like above all of their petty squabbling. Right. Like he's the best of us. You know what I mean? And right. for him to be a black dude who is from Africa, uh, I think it's just a very bold choice. Um, and the fact that they, you know, he is an isolationist is like, look, like I seen what interacting with the rest of the world does to African countries. Y'all, y'all can't have my country. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that I think that's a bold statement to make yeah. in, in 2016. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's just a, it's just dope. You know? Um, I thought his performance was great. Um, I really believed the scene with him and his father when uh, yeah. the father dies. Like, it's just, it's a great performance. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, quick detour from um, from the Avengers stuff. Uh, did you see Marshall, where he played Thurgood Marshall? Yeah, yeah, I did see Marshall. Yeah, mm-hmm. what'd you think of that? Another biopic? He's a yeah, biopic um, machine. I saw it, um, I thought it was, I thought it was a good film. Uh, now, granted, like, I, I watched it, but I had a lot of, like, interruptions, so I couldn't just watch it in one sitting. But um, mm-hmm. I know you have watched, kids, all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't watch stuff during the daytime, and then at nighttime, you're too sleepy. Uh, All they want to do is watch damn Sesame Street. Right. <laughs> Sesame Street. Uh, but now, so, yeah, um, Marshall was a good film. Mm-hmm. I thought um, he played it well again. Like, he, he has a... Um, it's very interesting. Like, he, you know it's Chadwick Boseman, but, like, he has the ability to kind of play these other characters, and he's he's on some level, he's like a character actor, but he's also a leading man, so it's, it's a little weird, but... I think Jamie Foxx is like that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's um, clearly a leading man, but he can disappear into a role, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he, he definitely... Um, he definitely did that with this film. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, mm-hmm. And I love, uh, yeah, I, I love this portrayal of Marshall. He was definitely like, he is one of those characters, and this could be either to his detriment or not, but he definitely is one of the characters where it's like, he's he, he's a step of everybody else and he has to be. Um, right. Because of the time period and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I forget what, what people call those characters, um, but it's like they just happen to know a little bit about everything or it's like some sort of MacGyver yeah, situation yeah, yeah. they always but like he kind of had to be that way and I mean there, there were certain things that were represented in terms of um, because of the time period there were certain things that he couldn't do um, but yeah he, he played that role really well and um, he was definitely like a um, I don't know man he's kind of like a like a cowboy if mm-hmm. I could say it like that, like, in, you know, he just, yeah, he had like this swag. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Like, had, had this swag about him and, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so do you, now what, do you, what do you think, what do you think about the critique saying that he wasn't light skinned enough? Cause that, you know, that, that is part of third good Marshall's story is that, you know, he's a very, um, light skinned brother who, you know, is, especially at that time period would have been considered, you know, a little bit more safe, a little bit more dignified. Oh, you know so what I'm saying? A, yeah, that's a great question. Um so By the, you know, his wife I know he he even had reservations about playing the character that mm-hmm. being one of the reasons. Um right. I, to me, man, you know, there's just not enough light skin representation on uh <laughs> <laughs> not like uh <laughs> to be honest it it didn't really matter to me like the story was told had he been light skinned maybe that would have been maybe that would have been another element to the story that they could have added but I think this film um, though it's definitely worth a watch and I think you could even rewatch it on some level it felt um sanitized you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. like there was a degree or a level of deep darkness if you will that they didn't necessarily explore that they could have mm-hmm. because you know for, for for us watching a film like that it's always like like how gritty are you going to go with how you depict racial inequality and racism and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so i feel like on some level there might have been slight level of um sanitization there and it, mm. it wasn't because, like, you know, it's a PG thirteen movie, and you know, there, there's all kind of reasons for that. Um, so, yeah, but to 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 that point, it didn't really mean that much to me that he wasn't as light as the actual person, um, mm-hmm. because he was still a black man. 
and there were things that he couldn't do because he was black. Um, so it didn't really bother me personally. Um, so it wasn't anything I thought about until it was brought up, you know, um, uh-huh. and kind of watching an interview. So I don't know, but that like almost, almost I say almost any Chadwick Boseman film is like, is worth a watch. Like you, you should watch it. Um, with the exception of gods of Egypt, um, yeah. <laughs> which I've you can probably speak more to. And, and there's, um, I know there was a game day film. I know he did, uh, this draft, film the draft Express, day is he thinking of. Yeah. um, which I didn't see yet. Um, so there's, there, there's some other stuff that I haven't seen that he's done, but he tends to do like quality work. You know, you can't like mm-hmm. bad night what he's doing. So, right. All right. Well, let's get into um, his, I mean, probably his most iconic role of T'Challa in the film Black Panther, the Black Panther standalone movie. Um, I saw this movie uh, three times in theaters, and I've probably seen it three or four times uh, on demand at home. Uh, This movie is one of my favorite superhero movies. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, Bro, it's just... uh, I I was in awe of the movie the first time I saw it in theaters. The mm-hmm. second time in, I saw it in theaters, I cried like a baby watching it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because it there's so I, I I always tear up when there and when it gets to a certain scene. There's a scene where um, it's in the beginning of the movie. It's like the it's like right at like the first act break, like right before we're introduced. I think it's right before or right after we're introduced to Killmonger, but. Um, it's the scene where to ch- it's like the challenge day where uh challenge day where they're uh <laughs> <laughs> where they're you know they're basically it's like the funeral ceremony for T'Chaka and then like the the ceremonial or like the ritual challenge day where all the different tribes of Wakanda come together and they can uh challenge for the throne um mm-hmm. in ritualistic combat uh and it's just a great scene because there's all the tribes are gathered and there's all these different um shades of black people um, and all these, like, there's like 200 extras and they're all in costumes and they're all celebrating. And, and I just, I, the moment gets me kind of on a meta level because I'm watching, you realize that you're watching one of the highest grossing super, like solo Marvel superhero movies of all time. Uh, you're watching a movie that Marvel put over $200 million into, I'm sure. And like, just the realization that like, we used to be slaves in this country you know less than 500 years ago and now we're in big time hollywood movies where the cast is almost all black mm-hmm. and they're telling black stories and with black actors and and it's just it's just great to see man because you know lupita lupita nyong'o is in this movie and um she was also in 12 years a slave that was the mm-hmm. first movie i saw her mm-hmm. in and to watch her play an american slave like an african uh enslaved in america in that movie only a few years ago and then to see her playing you know this you know love interest to the the king of this african nation that is the the strongest wealthiest wealthiest nation in the in in the world like it's just it it just on a meta level just it just is a perfect microcosm of like where black people have come in in such a short um time span and it's just it's just a beautiful moment and i always cry whenever i watch it um even though uh forrest whitaker is doing his thing (laughs) 
<laughs> and boy is he boy is he doing his thing with the, with gusto. <laughs> Black Panther. The Black Panther will have his powers stripped away. Stripped away. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I don't know who his dialect coach was. And it's funny because, you know, it's crazy. I watched I rewatched Black Panther in preparation for this podcast, and I had never put two and two together that like uh, Forrest Whitaker's character is the other spy dude in the opening scene. Yeah, no. yeah, that was him. That was him. I don't know why I never put that together. <laughs> and you and, but you know why I didn't put it together? Because the accent he's doing is so different from the accent my boy was doing in Oakland. Right, right, right. But <laughs> like, see, but he, see, his brother switched his accent up too though. You know what I'm saying? He, uh what's his name? Uh dang. I forgot the actor's name, but the brother the, the one who yeah. played that, the brother he uh-huh. was, you know, he was like, we got strapped right here, and then strapped right here, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then and then when, when uh, the sisters came to know, he was like, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he switched I'm, it up. Right, right. Son of Judy. Uh, yeah, no, but even like the when 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 the when young Forrest Whitaker let, let his real Wakanda accent out, it sounded way different than what Forrest Whitaker was doing. Mm. It, it, it sounded like they shot it, it. What it seemed like was they shot all the Forrest Whitaker stuff long before they shot that other stuff, and so Forrest Whitaker mm. just made a choice and was like, "This yeah. what my voice sound like." And the other dude, they just shot that other stuff separately, and the dad dude was like, "Well, I'll just I'll do this," you know, and it just did, it didn't right. link up. So that's why I never really put two and two together. But then I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess yeah, this yeah, makes a little more sense." Yeah, yeah. So that's more than likely what happened. Uh, shot it two different times, and they didn't see each other's performance. Streets a little, little holier. Uh, but yeah, it, it, what I didn't notice though was that I didn't realize that. Uh, Killmonger knew knew who he mm-hmm. was or remembered him mm-hmm. um, because in all of the intensity when I first saw it and, and like you I probably saw it about three times and I know I teared up maybe the first time might have been the second time as well but like when he stabs him and places T'Challa he's like he's like fine I'll take you Uncle James you know but I didn't hear him say that at first you know yeah but but he yeah he knew who that was um mm-hmm. but yeah um well another scene that got me this time around watching it was the um when when T'Challa, when T'Challa goes to the ancestral plane to talk to his father mm-hmm. ooh that got me uh yeah. uh just was because was the first time you. or the second time what you mean no, the first time. The first time he goes. Okay, when the, okay. when they're like uh, doing the ritual thing and they give him the powers back and they put him under the sand and he wakes up. Like just to see that imagery of just, you know, Chadwick Boseman, you know, in all white, you know, yeah. in this ancestral like that just it got me. I was like, man, that dude is gone. You know, yeah. like it kind of yeah. I kind of came face to face with it. And who I lost it. <laughs> I yeah, lost man. it. Uh, yeah, it's rough. You know, it, we can talk about this film, too, if you want. But um. I watched the Five Bloods, and um, recently, yeah, that was um, that was kind of a send off for me. Yeah, um, kind of accepting it. And it, it, it. I mean, the Five Bloods is, is kind of a crazy film, but um, it is a very crazy film. As with I, all I loved, Spike Lee movies, yeah, I loved his performance in that, and I felt like that was that was like the perfect casting because yeah. he's like. He's that shining light. He was like that leader we all looked up to. 
Right. And you know what I'm saying? Like he played that character like for as short as his time on screen was like he was an impactful character. And yeah. um and, it was just and like I, I said this before to you, like there's just something in his face that like and and you know, I I don't want to be morbid about it, but it may be, you know, someone who just who knows their time is limited. Yeah. Um there's just something in his face that just is just so earnest. Yeah. And like uh earnest, but like with a sense of like optimism like it's just like you you just believe that he is that noble like he is that good a guy you know there's something about him where you believe it and it's just not everybody has that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah him even like the the arc of that particular character when he kind of quote-unquote comes back from the dead and he he Mm -hmm. visits delroy and lindo's character and um they kind of have their come to jesus moment he's like man yeah I know, man, but it's okay. Like, it's cool. It was an accident. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I was like, man, shoot. You know, <laughs> he's gone. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. But yeah, to, back to Black Panther, man, that, um, for me, um, and we, we can get into other scenes that kind of hit you, but it, it was, again, it was one of those things where it's like huge amount of anticipation. Mm-hmm. And it's just something we never seen before. And this guy right. was able to bring it to life. Like, and, and to, to case in point, like, it's, it was hard getting my, my wife to come to certain, like, movies with me because she's just not into certain types of films. Like, it's got to mm-hmm. be a certain type of film. And, um, you know, I was like, look, you got it. Like, you don't know. Like, you have to watch this film with me. Like, she, she ended up taking me to go see um, Civil War or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she had seen the character, but I'm like, look, the character's about to have his own movie. Like, we have to go watch this movie. Let me just show, show you the trailer. And, like, mm-hmm. I, the the trailer just set it off because it's like you got this, like, hardcore situation where, um, what's his name? Both of the uh, Lord of the Rings characters are talking to each other. And, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's like, would you telling me that there's a guy who walks around with a cat suit, and but he has a whole country that he leads, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and then they show you country, and then all you see is like all these glorious African people like dancing mm-hmm. on the cliff during the ceremony. Yeah, it's like man. we've never seen anything like that, and it's Nothing just like, like, that. like my my wife was like, when is that coming out? Like as soon as I showed her, like. So, like, of course, we went several times, and the theater was packed, and, um, yeah, man, the minute it came on, it's just, like, you get to see the history, and I just love the fact they didn't, they, they, they did it in a sleek way, and they didn't hold any punches as far as talking about colonization or slavery and that sort of thing. Like, it was still a Disney movie, but they were able to incorporate in that that into the storytelling yeah and, um, i i kind of personally i kind of wish they would have um went a little bit harder with that yeah um yeah. because it was it was a little ambiguous a little bit it was a little ambiguous as to why what like why wakanda had been isolationist mm-hmm. and they kind of made it more about the vibranium right um and their technology and protecting their technology i kind of wish it would have been more about like the reality of why you know you know, there's there's to this day people who believe, af, you know, in Pan-Africanism and African isolationism, like 
because look what colonization has done. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I right. really wish they would have gone kind of into that a little bit more. And and they kind of gave some of that to Killmonger to do. But right. his was more. But I kind of don't like that because, like, he's the villain. You know what right. I'm saying? That's true. So. That's true. But, but that's what I love, though, because everybody understood where he was coming from. And they right. was like, well, he ain't wrong. You know what I'm saying? The only, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? The only reason he's a bad guy is because he didn't care about killing people. You know? Right. Um, or judging like, people. Or right, labeling, labeling people. people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, like yeah, I, to, to your point, the... Um, as far as his performance, I, I thought it was great. He was he was smooth. He was regal. Um, you you believed he was like a, he was a noble person who who felt like 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 he was already established, but he was also kind of like stepping into his place. But he's one of those guys where you wouldn't. He's not necessarily gonna like show you or let 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 you see that he's sweating a little bit. But, right. he, you know, of course, like when, when he when he met his father, he's like, I don't know if I'm ready to be without you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the ancestral plane scene, both of the scenes, I think, were very impactful for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I yeah, I just really that, I think that was a great film. And I'm, I'm glad that they they went in all the directions that they they went in um, with the storytelling. Um mm-hmm. So where does where does Marvel go from here with the because Black Panther two is on the schedule, um, I think for twenty twenty two I believe. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Where do you think Marvel goes from here? Well, I think uh, um, which I didn't necessarily. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm upset. Uh, I'm highly upset. Obviously, I'm, I mean. You know, it's it's a film, and you know, I mean, this you know, you want a man to actually just just be alive, and not you know. But of course. I, I wanted to see that character more. Um, mm-hmm. So it sucks that you know he's he's gone now. Um, I, you know, I wanted to see the other films he would do, but you know, aside from yeah. that, mm-hmm. we just talking about Black Panther. I got to get over the fact that I want to see the Black Panther and not somebody else take up the man mantle. Like I want to see T'Challa, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think, and I think they they're moving towards this, and that they'll they'll have Shuri pick up the mantle, and, mm-hmm. and she'll be the the Black Panther. And there's there's place in the comic for them to kind of um, to pull from. probably take some arc, mm-hmm. you know, in, in how they do that storytelling. Um, I haven't read that particular comic. I just know that she does take up the mantle at a certain point. Um, and yeah. there, there are other characters who have taken it up. Um, and one of the arcs that I read, there was another character, which is, it was, let's see, again, T'Challa was alive when this happened. And I, don't, I don't remember specifically why he took the mantle, but mm-hmm. it was, it was an American, an African-American dude um, who took up mm-hmm. the mantle while T'Challa was like doing something. I, I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sure. He's probably going to take up the mantle. I think and they're probably going to honor him. Um, He's probably going to pass away off screen or something. We may see him CGI'd in the suit and it's probably going to pass away off screen. And then she's going to take the mantle. Um, and who knows, um, who knows what's going to happen, uh, after that. But it just, it sucks, man. It sucks. Um, it does. Several I think, different levels. Yeah. 
I think what this does open up with if sure if sure takes on the mantle, I think there's an opportunity for something really um, cool here with um, sort of the death of T'Challa, the character to what that could mean to the nation of Wakanda. Mm. And I, what I could see them doing is especially on like a meta kind of Hollywood level, all of the sort of supporting cast members of black Panther, like the, the, um, the leaders of the different um, tribes, mm-hmm. uh, most of them, the ones that we see like have become big movie stars in their own right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya has uh, become a big name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winston Duke has become a, a, a big name in, right. in Hollywood um, in his own right. And um, I think with Shuri and then uh, with Lupita obviously is a, is a, a household name at this point. Right. I really feel like there could be um, almost make it like, a, and, and Shuri, because she is like, her character is like, um, uh, she's very progressive, uh, yeah. or uh, as Mbaku says, she's scarce at tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Technological advancements <laughs> have made you weak, soft, and <laughs> uh, the hands of a child who scoffs at tradition. Uh, we will not have it. Um, I think there could be a a really cool opportunity to um, have her create like sort of a new. Uh, a new uh, council of elders um, mm-hmm. with the with the the other tribe leaders, and kind of have like a um, and kind of have like a like a a Wakandan Avengers team mm-hmm. of of all of them, where they each get some kind of suit or something. I think that oh, could be yeah, really yeah. cool. That would be you dope. know what I'm saying? That would be dope. Yeah. Because um, I mean, they kind of already did that uh, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't have you know any of the technological advancements, but right. um, I think that they could do that. Uh, and I think that would be a really cool way to honor what Chadwick Boseman did, and like, but also like, I think the legacy of of T'Challa would want that that kind of unity among the tribes mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be really cool. And you can have the death of T'Challa be sort of like the thing that brings everybody together, because like yeah. this dude was the best of us. So like, yeah. what what do we have to complain about? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I right. think that would be that'd be really cool. And you can have this sort of the the uniting of Wakanda. You know, you know. See, if it was me, I'd call them the Black Panthers with an S for my people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, I think that would be yeah. really cool. Like, make make Mbaku a man ape suit. You know, and I think right. that that would be sick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be dope. Um. I, on some level, and I, I gotta, I would have to go back to the like comics to research this, but. Like the Black Panther does have like direct access to the ancestors, and he like mm-hmm. has the power of the ancestors and the power of ba 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 bast or bast, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, the heart shaped app. right? Um, the Panther God, and so again, it would probably be like some sort of CGI situation, but in that, there's potential to see. T'Challa again in that in that role, like as an ancestor sure. and as you know, empowering whoever the the new um, whoever whoever's going to take on that mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to yeah. see. Yeah, I want to see that character again. I do want to see the Black Panther. Um, 
the male Black Panther again. Because to me, like, I, I, I just couldn't get enough. You know what I'm saying? It was just mm-hmm. one movie. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. see. And, and because he has so many different arcs and so much, it, it's like any of the other franchises. Like, we've had several different Batmans. We've had, you know, a few different Supermans. Mm-hmm. So I do want to see um, Black Panther again. Um, but it's just, you know, this was a, a glorious first, you know, foray, if you will, into who the character is. Um, I agree. So, yeah, man, this sucks, man. But I, I just I appreciate I appreciate the person that he was um, because that definitely, like, was also intrinsic in, in the films that he was in. You know what I mean? Like, all, all of the, the positivity about black people, um, you know, his regality, if, you, if I can say it like that, just as a person. And then just even thinking about like what he said, or if, if you, if you haven't watched his like Howard commencement speech, I think you should check that out for the listeners. Check out his Howard commencement speech. Cause I think that kind of like exemplifies the, the type of person that he was um yeah i haven't seen it i'm gonna watch it though yeah check it out man it's it's good it's good um so yeah man we lost we lost a good one we lost a good one but he he definitely made an impact while he was here you know and um mm-hmm. yeah man it's just it's a crazy crazy time um lost kobe earlier this year mm. and then we lost chadwick boseman I don't understand, man. It's just wild. Yeah. Um, life is uh, life is fleeting, and we got to appreciate it while we're here, man. Absolutely. John, Absolutely. I appreciate you for joining me on this week's episode, man. Um, I have to bring you back soon. We can talk um, hopefully under some uh, happier circumstances, but uh, I appreciate you doing this with me, bro. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on the uh, weekly regular. <laughs> appreciate it where where can people find you on the internet john um can find me on instagram that's that's the best spot um okay instagram at j holly music j-h-o-l-l-e-y music um Dope. and I have, I have a link to my um soundcloud on there as well um, so yeah instagram that's where you can find me you can find me across all social media at Asan the DJ. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again to Jay Holly, John the John the Rapper, and uh, we will see y'all next week. <laughs>